The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're catching up with New World Resources. The code is NWC, trading at around 3.1 cents for a market cap of $65 million. Now, uh, New World's focus is the Antler Copper Project in Arizona, sits between Phoenix and uh, Las Vegas, and it uh, has a substantial resource already that's just been uh, increased in recent times. There's an enhanced scoping study that's just been issued and a, a PFS due for completion uh, Q4 of 2023. And as we all know, this is something the market switched on to, the whole copper story. Um, there's no better place to be developing a copper project than in the US with its focus on uh, onshoring the supply of critical metals needed for decarbonisation, which copper is uh, very much a part of, so much so that we've got most of the investment, big investment banks out there predicting 50% sort of increase in copper prices by around 2025 so that the incentive is there for the copper supply needed for decarbonisation is actually produced. So that uh, ties in nicely with uh, New World's plans to uh, become a copper producer out of Arizona and to bring us up to speed on just how they're going about that and what to look out for. We have Mike Haynes, the MD and CEO with us today. G'day Mike. Oh, great to be back here Barry. Thank, thanks very much for having me on again. Uh, Mike, um, for those who uh, have missed previous podcasts on the company, let's just start with uh, Anther, obviously, uh, there in Arizona. Tell us a bit about the increase in the uh, the resource, the 48% higher, I believe. Yeah, look, in fact, maybe if I could just step back just a little bit prior to that, Barry, um, and just refresh listeners' um, minds that we deliberately sought to acquire high-grade copper deposit back four years ago uh, because we saw that there was going to be an imminent supply shortfall and hence we deliberately sought a high grade deposit that we could bring into production in the second half of this decade and as your introduction alludes to then then um, I think that that scenario is is well and truly playing out at present and a lot of commentators are realizing that we acquired Antler 3 years ago well, probably 3 years and 4 months ago now uh, we started drilling in March 2020 and we've now drilled out after drilling 58,000 metres of, of drilling. Uh, we've now drilled out a resource that is 11.4 million tonnes at 4.1% copper equivalent. So it's a very significant sized resource and a very high grade resource. Now you've plugged that into, a, you had an earlier scoping study, but let's talk about this recently released enhanced scoping study. Um, when you drop that uh, bigger resource in, what did it mean for the project economics or the, the scale of the project going forward? Yeah, so about a month ago, we, we published the results from an updated scoping study. So a year earlier, we had released the results from a scoping study that we'd done on an initial 7.7 .7 million tonne resource. Uh, after another 12 months of drilling, then we increased that resource to 11.5 million tonnes or 11.4 million tonnes. And a month ago, published the results from a scoping study that we are now using to 
to go through the mine permitting process. The, the updated scoping study sees us with a, about a 13-year mine life, operating at around about 1.3 million tonnes per annum. Yeah. And it sees um, very modest capex, and, and this is one of the huge advantages of, of having a, a high-grade deposit. The capex for development for this, this scenario is only 250 million US dollars, which which we've included 44 million US dollars of contingency in that. So, so direct capital is about 210 US million. The scenario sees us is producing around 16 and a half thousand tons of copper in concentrate each year, but in addition to that, we produce a comparable amount of zinc, or you know, dollar value terms, the same value worth of zinc, lead silver and gold together. And so on a copper equivalent basis, we'll be producing around about 34, 35,000 tonnes of copper equivalent metal a year. Which is uh, quite scale uh, sizable for a company with your current market cap. Um, I'm just wondering in the local market, have the brokers run some figures on the uh, the outlook for the company and come up with some price targets is it compared with uh, where you're currently trading at 3.1 cents? Yes, um, there's, a, there's a big disconnect there. At present, we're actually covered by four brokers, four Australian brokers. And so we're covered uh, by Canaccord, by Euros Hartleys, by Blue Ocean Equities and by Petra Capital. And they have varying price targets of between 15 and 24 cents. And so... The average price target for those guys would be, be 18, 19 cents or thereabouts. And, and as you uh, rightly allude to, Barry, compared with our current share price of 3.1 cents, then there's a real disconnect there. Now, I mentioned earlier that the a PFS, Preliminary Feasibility Study, uh, due for completion in quarter four of 23. Do you think that might uh, break, the, uh, break the discount there? Uh, or correct the discount, I should say. I think that that is going to be another step in the way to, to correcting that discount. Um, I, look, I, I think there's multiple factors at play. At present, uh, we've seen over the past three years as we've been exploring and, and expanding Antler, then typically as copper price goes up, then typically our share price goes up. Right. And likewise, as copper price comes down, then then our share price comes down. So. So New World itself offers extremely good leverage to the copper price itself. But equally, I would argue pretty strongly that I think we should um, outperform the copper price because we have a very modest capex development proposition, a reasonable mine life, uh, but a very high margin uh, potential mining operation where we're actually be producing copper metal for a negative cash cost. And that is because of the, the co-products. So so because of the value of the zinc, the gold, the silver, and the lead in the deposit, then our cash cost of production is is below. Um, we, we actually get paid uh, for those metals, which sees us with a, a cash cost of production of negative 50 cents a pound of copper. So, so, so I think we have an extremely robust project uh, with a critical mass to mine with a low capex, providing extremely good leverage to the copper price, but equally because we're at such a big discount to to our fair market valuation, then then I think we should be outperforming um, the the copper price as it rises. Yeah, no, good point. Okay, now Antler itself, you've uh, 
you've taken a, a major decision to be underground only. Arizona is a, a mining state. I was just wondering why this decision just to go underground, just to be an underground miner. Again, deliberately, we've we've been operating in a jurisdiction that is is pro development, and mm. Arizona, uh, from Arizona, seventy percent of the U.S.'s copper production is is derived from Arizona. So it's it's definitely a pro mining state and a pro copper mining state. Most of the copper that is developed in Arizona is coming from large porphyry copper deposits, large open pits. Right. Uh, our, our deposit is different. Our deposit is a VMS deposit, which, which sort of explains why we've got the additional credits from zinc, silver, lead and gold in our deposit as well. Accordingly, the geometry of the VMS deposits are, tend to be a little more tabular as opposed to, to cylindrical type deposits. On, in our case, the tabular deposit that we've got is dipping at about 60 degrees to the west. We've run some numbers and we could mine the, the upper 150 metres or so of that tabular body more cost effectively by having a starter open pit and that would generate a little bit more cash for us. But the the impact on the environment and hence the impact on, on the extremely um, modest uh, immediate population in the surrounding districts, uh, we are in sparsely populated Arizona desert, but the impact of a starter open pit is is uh, is going to be more significant than if we go underground only. Now, the economics of developing the project are not sensitive at whatsoever to having a starter open pit because because ninety percent of the, the mineralisation would need to be mined by underground methodologies anyway to make a little bit more money in that that upper one hundred and fifty metres uh, to mine ten percent of the deposit doesn't make too much difference to the project. And so I think in this day and age, if, if you can do things more environmentally sensitively, then you, you get a lot more support from both the local community, but also the investment community. Hence, we've made a very de deliberate decision because the project is not sensitive to that starter open pit. We've made a very deliberate decision to go underground only with the development of Antler. And that that should um, that that will minimise our our surface impact. In fact, what's furthermore than because we are going underground only, then we will return about fifty percent of our waste product back underground as paste fill to to fill in the the, the voids, the stopes that we'll mine out. So that will further reduce the surface impact of our entire operation by by having a, a tailing tailing storage facility that's only half as big as it, as it would be if we weren't to return 50% of that product back underground. So I think we will garner additional support in the local community and in the investment community by taking this approach. And, and I think it's, it's a responsible way for, for mining companies to uh, approach mining operations should their deposits lend themselves to, to that style of development. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, <clears throat> at Anthler itself, the 11.4 million tonnes at 4.1% copper equivalent, is that the end of the story? No, so we've, we feel that we've, we've arguably just tip, touched the tip of the iceberg. Um, so we started drilling at Antler in March 2020, about two weeks after we secured the rights to the project. And we progressively started drilling deeper and deeper underneath the historic workings at Antler. So there had, had been... Through until 1970, there'd been very modest scale production from the deposit. There'd been 70,000 tonnes of ore mined from the deposit. 
And we saw that there was uh, the mineralisation was open at depth, and so we just progressively started working our way deeper and deeper. And fortuitously, as we went deeper and deeper, then we found thicker and thicker mineralisation, and the mineralisation has always been high grade. So we've, to this point, uh, as I say, we've drilled around about 140 holes uh, for a total of about 58,000 metres, and we've now drilled the deposit down to about 850 metres below surface. The two deepest holes that we've drilled on the project, the, the, the second deepest hole in the project has intersected 10.7 metres at 13.7% copper equivalent, and about 100 metres to the north of that, the deepest hole on the project has intersected 21.5 metres at 4.5% copper equivalent. So, uh, sorry, at 5.3% copper equivalent. So the mineralisation clearly remains open at depth. But to, to drill down at these depths, it's, it's quite uh, time consuming to, to drill these deeper holes. And accordingly, it's a little more expensive to drill deeper holes and shallow holes. And ultimately, we see that we are going to be down at these depths, mining these depths anyway. So, so our intention is because we, we now have a 13-year mine life with, with what we've already got, our intention is to develop what we've got. And as we start developing our underground or getting our underground development installed deeper and deeper, we'll drive off, put in an exploration platform and continue to drill the deposit deeper and deeper. And that will be more cost effective and it will allow us to extend the mine life beyond 13 years. But but the reality is that deeper mineralisation, because it is deep, it wouldn't come into the into the mine schedule until year 9, 10, 11 anyway. So, so maybe in year three or year four of development, then then we start drilling that deeper mineralisation. And so instead of having 10 years of, of mine life ahead of us, we'll extend that that mine life out a further further three or four years to, to 13, 14 years of mine development and stay ahead of the game that way. And that's typically how these underground mines are developed is they are progressively explored and developed deeper and deeper as using cash flow from, from operations to, to, to undertake that subsequent exploration at depth. There's a regional upside as well, um, Roadrunner Project. Um, a bit different because it's on uh, federal land, I think, uh, as distinct from being privately owned lands. But uh, so the idea is um, to juice the project up yet again by finding some nearby truckable ore sources. Yeah, it's, and, and you touch on a very pertinent point there, Barry. Um, the antler deposit is on privately owned land and we intend developing all the surface infrastructure to the processing plant and, and ancillary facilities on adjoining privately owned land. So, so almost all of our activities are going to be constrained to privately owned land to develop antler. And that, that in itself uh, streamlines us to production. It's, it fast tracks permitting by, by operating primarily on privately owned land. So we will, our intention is to get antler up and running, but equally, just as we see there's potential to extend the mine life at Antler as we go deeper and deeper, then these VMS deposits, they typically occur in clusters. And indeed, in our case, about six kilometres to the northeast, there is another little VMS deposit, a little deposit called Copperwell, a little little different to um, Hud Bay Resources has, 
has a copper world deposit down near Tucson, down in southern Arizona. This is a different copper world deposit. It's much, much smaller, but, but it was also mined in 1970 at the same time that it was last mined. Significantly, the geological sequence that hosts Antler is the same sequence that hosts Copperwell, and we have the extensions of that geological sequence between the two deposits. And between those two deposits where there's two, there's these VMSs typically occur in clusters, and so where there's two, there's, there's often three, and if there's three, there's often four deposits. And so we, we are yet to drill test any anywhere outside of 600 metres of strike at Antler because our success rate as we've gone deeper and deeper has been uh, about 95% success rate in, in intersecting high-grade massive sulphides. But we are now starting to turn our attention to exploring some look-alike coincident geochemical and geophysical targets that sit between Antler and the Copper World deposit six kilometres away because we, we believe that there's a high probability that there will be additional VMS deposits in this belt. And if those VMS deposits can be discovered and, and drilled out to, to resource level and then their mine designs put on them, then we can readily truck all from those, those additional deposits to the processing facility we, we intend building at Antler and do one of two things, either extend the mine life at Antler and or increase the production profile through that processing facility, which, which will further enhance the economics. Now, uh, one thing I do like was this uh, javelin push, uh, about 75 k's southeast of Antler, just south of uh, the Baghdad Porphyry Copper Deposit mined by Freeport. This is part of the almost what a spoken wheel, uh, was it a hub, hub sort of, hub and spoke, I always get them confused, strategy. So what's, what's the story of javelin? So it's, it's very, very similar uh, strategy there to, to our strategy at Roadrunner, where we can either extend the mine life at Antler and or increase the production and profile at Antler from, from making discoveries immediately along strike from Antler. We're equally, again, with a, with a purpose-built processing facility almost certainly going to be built at Antler, then any high-grade material that can be trucked to that processing facility will add to mine life and and or production profile at Antler. So deliberately, we've been looking at, at opportunities within about 100 kilometres of Antler, so within, within trucking distance of Antler. And down at Javelin, there's a cluster of six historic VMSs where there has been previous production, very high grade deposits again. Uh, those, the deposits are, are typically running three to 4% copper plus another seven to 12% zinc down in this district. So we see scope that there has been no exploration down in that belt since since the 1990s. So we see considerable potential to make a discovery down there. And if if we are fortunate enough to discover a very large deposit, then we'd certainly evaluate building a purpose-built processing facility down there. But if we if we can only manage to discover a million tons or two million tons or even five million tons down in this this district then we can readily mine that and truck that up to the antler processing facility and extend the mine life and or increase production profile there. So we've started some, some early stage exploration there. We've, we've done some surface geochemistry work, which is very, very encouraging. We've currently got a, a geophysical crew on site doing IP surveying. And should the targets warrant such towards um, 
towards the, the end of the third quarter of this year, we anticipate being out there starting to, to drill test some of the some of the high priority targets that are likely to fall out of that that initial work. Uh, just of general interest, Javelin, you're focusing on VMS. Uh, Baghdad is porphyry. I was just wondering, is there any connection between the two? Uh, there's so time wise, geologically, they they formed at quite distinct, quite uh, different time periods. Mm-hmm. So there's there's about a billion billion years between their formation. But I I do think that geologically, um, the cluster, the proximity of the high-grade VMS is close to the the porphyries is probably indicating that there's some major crustal scale structures that are controlling both episodes of mineralisation. So so while there's no direct relationship, there is probably a a crustal scale long-term structural relationship between the two. Interesting. And our geological lesson for the day. Now, um, let's bring it all together, Mike, and just give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for, say, in the next six months or so. Okay, so look, I think the critical thing is that that we have now delineated a very economically viable deposit. The the project makes one and a half billion US dollars of free cash flow over the the 13-year life of mine as it currently stands. But but I, I reiterate, we, we believe we've only just tipped the, the scratch the tip of the iceberg. So the mineralisation remains open at depth. We've only drilled 600 metres of, of strike at present. We are going to continue to drill deeper to make the resource base bigger. We're going to drill a long strike to make the resource base bigger. And we are taking the deposit through permitting and into production because it, it poses an extremely profitable mining operation as it currently stands. So investors get get twice a bang for buck with New World. They they get near-term production, but they also get ongoing exploration upside in what we anticipate is, is going to be a rising copper market. All right, Mike, uh, great story. Um, obviously, with the uh, near-term production of uh, less than zero cost copper on the horizon and uh, a developing near mine and more regional exploration program, which will be pursued in tandem. So both news on the development uh, to come and news on the exploration front. So exciting stuff for the company. So with that, thanks for your time today. We'll be watching with interest. I appreciate the opportunity to have a chat. Thanks very much, Barry.